Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. Once again, I am joined by my co-hosts, Ben and Evan. We're going to be talking about one of my very favorite artists, Lee Bermejo. But first, this episode is sponsored by Radar Toys, one of my favorite shops right here in Eugene, Oregon. You can shop RadarToys.com. Get all your Batmobiles, Funko Pops, Hot Toys, you name it. Get free shipping in the U.S. and 10% off with the code BATFANPOD. That's B-A-T-F-A-N. P-O-D. Use that at checkout for 10% off. But today, we're talking about A Christmas Carol through the lens of one of my favorite artists, Lee Bermejo. This is Batman Noel. Noel, written and drawn by Lee Bermejo. Colors by Barbara Chiardo. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. But uh, yeah, this came out in 2011. And it's about as Christmassy as... I can get. Yep. This is one, if I remember right, that I just got randomly as like a Christmas present. I, I don't remember hearing about it or seeking it out. I think it's one that just my mom was like, you like Batman and it's Christmas time. And I'm like, what I'm the fuck is... I'm 80 years old. <laughs> Your mom is yeah. very old. Yeah, she's 105. <laughs> That's a terrible impression. And then... Uh, Sam, why you gotta talk like she that? She does talk like that. Yeah. Right? So then... Uh, I get this, and I'm like, oh, Batman, Chris. And then I see Lee Bermejo. I'm like, oh, shit. He drew that Joker book that I fucking love. Like, he is nice. gnarly with the art. So then, then I got excited. So, yeah, basically, you're getting the Dickens Christmas Carol story. And we've got Bob Cratchit as a bagman for Joker. <laughs> that was clever. In the beginning, it looks like... They're talking about Scrooge being Joker because he's working for Joker. Mm-hmm. And then you come to realize that like Bruce is the Scrooge in this situation, the rich guy who's, you know, laser focused, addicted to his to his work. Hates and, other people. You know. Yeah, very much. And putting this guy through all this shit on the holidays because he needs to use him for bait, you know, whatever. But uh yeah, I thought it was really interesting how they used all the different characters from Batman lore to, you know, retell this story and i feel like it could easily come off as super gimmicky and dumb but it actually worked really well for me i this one that i break out every year what did you guys think of it i thought it was super cool that he says in the beginning that that his grandma gave him dickens books yeah and i just think it's cool that that's where he ended up in life and that he was the dude to read Christmas Carol and think that he could make a Batman story out of it. Like, yeah. like that's where your head went, you know, like, yeah, I can make you know a what this is missing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's what he saw the potential. And exactly like you're saying, you, you're misled in the beginning thinking that like Scrooge must be the Joker or something. Joker, bad guy, Scrooge, bad yes. guy. That was really clever of him. He sets you up like that. And that's how it was in his head. He wasn't even just like Dickens, Batman, Scrooge Joker, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like he, he was clever enough to like play it the other way. It's really cool to me that that he saw the potential in that. That's what he made of it. I think the quality and 
maybe the detail of his artwork is one of the things that keeps it from being gimmicky. Yeah. Because it's so For sure. like masterfully, is it painted or watercolored? It's like an ink wash. So you have like- We all know what that means. Okay. Resident visual uh, artist, please yeah. explain all that right. to us. So on one hand, you've got Alex Ross painting with, okay. with like a full palette of watercolors. Or even if he was to do a black and white painting, it would still just be um, grayscale. It would be like different shades of black and gray watercolors. Yeah. Whereas this guy, and it's it's part of it is like the scan. If you were to have somebody pencil a page, somebody inks a page, and then it got scanned and reduced to like absolute black and white, then it's like high contrast, add colors. Whereas this guy's stuff is allowed to look still opaque. Like mm. if like the way watercolors are semi-transparent, that's what makes yeah. them watercolors. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at some of this stuff, it's not that it looks smudged, but there's like a bleed to it or like mm -hmm. a squiggle or something like that because it's got water in it. And um, if you wanted to do, say you only have black because you don't have gray inks, you would have black thinned out by water mm -hmm. to be like a lighter gray, mm -hmm. you know? So you, that, that's where your scale comes from. So instead, in the back of the book, some of his um, layout stuff looks pretty freaking detailed. And that's also yeah. how Ross's stuff is. Like he, Alex Ross isn't even just a good painter. He is an incredible penciler also. And then he just covers those pencils up with paint, <laughs> you know? Same thing with this guy. I bet his pages are like incredibly detailed. But rather than having like a middleman, he's the next dude in line like mm -hmm. his art isn't even, I think that's what's cool about people who ink their own stuff. Like their art isn't even fully their art until they do the next step yeah. and only they can actually make it what it's supposed to be. Whereas if I passed you stuff to ink it, mm. you're going to put my like, this is your Sammy twist on yep. my pencils. Mm -hmm. Like that's his vision completed. And then his partnership with this lady, her colors only serve to like, further visually dilute stuff yeah. like that's why i love I, the color palette in this it's yeah, very it's like it's almost like a christmas david fincher or something you know because <laughs> it, it does have that blue gray wash to a lot of it exactly but it also has so much white snow and light yeah. that you wouldn't normally get in a batman story and even in looking at the just the pages and i know that it doesn't come from the colorist because a colorist if they were doing stuff digitally, even if you did it manually, you could take a drawing and then be like, and I'm adding some white out here and call mm -hmm. that a highlight, you know? And you could obviously do it digitally because you just like scanned it. And I'm just like adding some white on top of this to make like a shine spot or something. But I can tell that in this, that it doesn't. And then I was just confirmed by looking at his actual stuff that like his sense of light source and stuff to me is like fucking incredible like the way that you would intentionally light a shot to be like all shadow on the far side yeah and all highlights on the right side or whatever he puts all that stuff in so you're you like you're working with this gray scale and then these like absolute black shadows and then intentionally leaving all these highlights because he's like creating a non-existent light source and stuff and i mean sometimes there really is you got this page where he's in the toy shop and he's actually shining a light cool yeah. and then in other ones it's like he's setting up a movie shot 
and you know he's creating all these like high contrast lines and stuff it's it's crazy to me you you bring comparison to alex ross and that's who i thought of a lot reading this where alex ross to me seems much more literal like everybody looks like a person in proportion yeah where this is it kind of this might sound like a criticism but it's not it reminds me a little bit of there were these ads that ran in comics I want to say in the late 90s and the early 2000s, they were Coca-Cola ads. Mm-hmm. They were great art, but everyone was kind of like distorted and had larger-than-life features and weird angles. And I get a little bit of that from this, where it's not super realistic all of the time. Well, it's mm-hmm. incredibly detailed while being rooted in comics. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty stylized. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like it. I mean, he is among my very favorite artists, and I, I was thrilled to get this because I had only that one Batman-related book that he had done, Joker. Sure. You know, so, the, uh, yeah, I love... And, and seeing his uh, take on the, on the Batsuit, too, I think is, is fucking fantastic. It's, it's a very uh, practical, realistic Lots of version. buckles. Straps. Yeah, uh, it's very love, military. I yeah. love how his cape is pleated. Yeah. How there's, like, folds in it and stuff. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of extra, like buttons and layers they're like reinforced like dickie's work pants and stuff but yeah i think is like the angles on his mask and stuff yeah yeah yeah, everything is angled there's like shoulder pads that kind of come off at a hard angle from his shoulder yeah the simplicity of his um his bat logo yeah Uh, but yeah i love i love the cape how it has like the points but then it's not just like tapers it's it's actually those are like the peak of the pleat or something and then he has these parts where you see that it actually like kind of folds. That's awesome. And they use the bat suit in the story, as you you see this modern bat suit that again is like very practical and militaristic, lots mm-hmm. of body armor. And he's flashing back to when he wasn't a bitter old man, mm-hmm. and he's just wearing like gray spandex. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. And it's lighter, much less aggressive looking. Also, More like traditional comics. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool too because I like one artist's stuff so much. That, that I want to see them draw everything. Yeah. You know, I like, I got to see this guy's take on everybody because I just love your stuff so much. But the fact is a lot of these guys like, yeah, well, I only drew Spider-Man for a little while. And, yep. and so I, but I, and I didn't get to cover all the villains or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, now we have like social media and they draw a uh, convention picture and like, dope, I got to see him do the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing about all these flashbacks and stuff is he writes in his own ability to do different versions of the same character True, yeah. you know like otherwise I, I didn't get to see you do another run of batman i'm um, obviously he did other books but well, i mean at, th- at that time it would be years before he did it awesome. again because they finally made damned yeah i like that page where they show all the other villains in just the little flashback yeah that was great because just like you're saying like that oh i'd love to see his take on oh look at that scarecrow yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. and then you see uh, before you had really got to uh, anything with joker yet yeah, you get to see uh, him do that Joker that you remember from the first uh, book that we cited. It's like, yes, you're getting a little, little more flavor, a little more Gotham. Yeah, you know, it makes me wonder how fucking long it took for this one book to get made because in his other two, their collaborations with Azarello, and like you're saying, him having to pencil the whole thing mm-hmm. and then having to ink the whole thing while also being the writer and whatever behind the scenes stuff that 
you have to do to get your own your solo own piece published. You yeah. know, I mean, that's it's a hell of an undertaking. Like, I'll be curious to know how long that uh, this was in development and sat on because I mean this is not the kind of thing like a dude like that doesn't put out a monthly you know because it takes like a month for every page you can't I'd be curious about literally that part of the process like how long that takes from thumbnail sketches through ink wash yeah like he's not doing a page a day like what does that look like shit must take forever what did you think about the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. We have Robin as the ghost of Christmas past. No, I think Robin is the just like the first ghost. That's like you're going to meet. Oh yeah, the three ghosts. Well, the past oh, is Catwoman. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean they both kind of do that though, and it, in the way that um, they show Robin dying as the the cost of what he's gone through. Mm. I don't know. I read it that way. Well, I'm a, in, I'm a in master a Christmas of Dickens Carol, literature, though. so I know that <laughs> no, in the but original... that is how it is, though. There's the one... Before he was a bastard, there's a person he had a real yeah. human connection with. In Christmas Carol, it's the uh, Marley's. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, me and those were his. not well, very that makes, that makes sense. Did you see yeah, Scrooged? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you seen a Bill Muppet Murray? Christmas Carol? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen all of these things, but it's not my annual tradition uh, yeah, okay. uh, read that's, a Christmas yeah, Carol all the way through and Ben's right I didn't think about the fact that it was all of these people are because it's Batman they're all have been a part of his life you know but more than that Robin is sort of his business associate and that's how the Marley brothers gotcha. were they were his business partners before they passed leaving Scrooge alone so they were the things that softened him and made him not yes. so brutal. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I liked those those flashbacks. You know, it shows them swinging, and you know, it's like it's like the beginning of, of Batman v Superman. It was like, you know, there were perfect things. You know? <laughs> Just like giant beaming smiles as they beat people. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun breaking loose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then yeah, you have Catwoman, which I guess. Their whole chase, you know, he's talking about like, fuck, reminds me of when I was younger, like I could keep up with this shit, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the way this felt before all yes. of it. Like, yeah, yeah, she's playing. I, yeah, she's I used playing. to like this game. Yeah, yeah, for not sure. fucking around tonight. That's that's one of my favorite things about Batman is the Batman Catwoman relationship. Yeah. So this was an interesting take on it because he's clearly not into it. He's just like. She she wants him to be into it, and he just is not feeling it at all. Mm-hmm. He's just pissed. He's like, "Bitch, I got pneumonia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, leave me alone." I like a couple things. I like specifically about that Catwoman scene is this artist does a lot of cool stuff where he picks and chooses where he like actually creates panel borders and where he doesn't, yeah. and he's just creative with his use of the page. And I like in the Catwoman scene that there's um, a panel made to look out like viewing through binoculars and stuff. Um, mm. Or the letterer did some cool stuff too. Batman like drops on a roof at one point and it says... Wump. Yeah, it says wump. And it's, and it's made to ride the shape of the cape. Um, mm. And I just think that stuff is cool because like a person could like, yeah, wump, got it, boom, put it on the page. But there's intention and all that stuff. Yeah. You, it didn't happen accidentally. And I just think it's cool. It makes it more of letters sometimes can be i mean they're covering something if they if they weren't drawn onto the page by the artist then they're covering part yeah. of the art 
and something like that is just like a creative use of it. That's just a black cape. So it didn't cover anything in order to do it. And then on top of that, he made it fit in this shape. And it's just like cooler than just slapping it on the page to me. It doesn't take away from the art. If anything, it adds to it by just creating like another element to it. I think it's dope. With your question about having Robin be the first ghost, mm -hmm. I like the way Robin is used in general because this is this is one of those Batman stories where it's kind of its own thing. Yeah. Whatever universe it exists in is not quite the same as any of the other ones. So I like that you don't really know which Robin it is. You don't know how he died. Yeah, you know, it, any it didn't seem like there were multiples in this. Yeah, it's just like it's I had just, one Robin yep. and something happened. And that's tied into Batman, but having it be its own unique version of it, I like. Same with the Catwoman stuff. Like Their costumes in the flashbacks, it's like they were in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. But I'm not sure how old these people are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Batman, like my mom, is 105. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no wonder he's so tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought uh, the Superman cameo was really good, doing the flyover and showing an embittered Bruce who is only seeing the struggle, and he's trying to remind, like, you are supposed to be serving a community. <laughs> like, look at the people who you are trying to protect and, mm -hmm. like, remember that, you know, because he's just dehumanized the quote-unquote enemy at this point. Everybody and, is a potential threat. Everybody's yeah. a potential problem. Yeah, and, like, there's there's no good left. You see so much negative, you know. It's like a, like a cop work in a bad neighborhood for long enough. It's like you're just going to start to see the worst in motherfuckers mm -hmm. by default, you know, and, and Superman is the ideal person to put a mirror up to that you know i'd kind of forgotten i never read any superman anything so my doses of him only come from his like appearances and other stuff and i think somewhere between that and the fact that i read so many other these like japanese comics where the super powered people you know the people who would be like superman in these comics like goku yeah like goku they act like it goku is a funny guy but also like they're just fighting all the time they're just like crazy powerful guys and part of it is just the contrast between superman and batman in this and mm -hmm. the fact that they're like mashing it out and in the movies he'll have some stuff where he just like he doesn't really seem that nice and he's that's like it's the movie's fault he, though just as an aside the modern movies they make him seem well, I mean, which makes sense. I mean, like, you oh, you don't have every right, but, like, you're powerful enough to perpetrate all this stuff if you really want to. But I'd just kind of forgotten that he was, like, so pure. Yeah. Like, like he's, he's, he's old and he's awesome and he's mature, but he's also just, like, childlike in innocence and pure in morals and stuff and I'd, i just kind of forgot about it i'm just used to my really super powerful guys just like whooping ass all the time <laughs> and for him to like um he just did a good job in illustrating like the restraint and the thought process on his part like he has this ability but he's you know they're always like you know superman's more human than all of us well, and that yes. batman sees it like in his inner monologue he's like i just i can't believe a guy that Get strong that powerful is that like yeah, kind and gentle, and you can see it in him, and it's just yeah, especially in contrast me. to him. Totally, I, I don't read a lot of Superman either, mostly just because I like Batman because it's a very human, you know, relatable 
story it's a little more grounded and um unless you get into like the justice league stuff you know there's um less of the you know just crazy super villain stuff you know whatever dimensions spanning alien yeah yeah, yeah powers you know, galactic like, stuff <laughs> i mean you got me into invincible which i really really like but i mean that's kind of a, a almost a parody of that stuff yeah. you know and and with superman you know i i can't get into a lot of it just because of the villains and some of the world building but um you know he is still one of my favorite characters in spite of that and and i think one of the best insights from this scene was uh taking him to the police station and watching gordon talk about him when he's not there mm -hmm. and you know that is such a, a foundation of the you know batman mythos is their their relationship and you see him questioning that out loud you know to other people going like i i mean i i worry about it every day i i do put faith in this guy but i worry about it every day but i like that it's balanced because at the same time you have that and you have everyone that he's seeing talking yeah. on his back about like yeah he's kind of he worries me but at the same time you have a like a literal god the best person to ever exist hang out with batman and be like yeah you're my dude. Yeah. You're great. Despite what all these other people yeah, might like, think, I, I know you. Him. I understand you. Yeah. Well, you just need maybe a little push back. Exactly. Cause it's not necessarily saying that I disagree with these people. <laughs> He's going like, okay, I, I'm seeing this path you're on. Right. Mm. And like, we know you're better than this. Right. Come on. You know, like we, <laughs> we've gone through enough shit that like, you, you don't have to go this way. And Batman's sure. like, yeah, if I was a god, maybe I'd be that nice too. <laughs> Excuse me, I have pneumonia. I'm all <laughs> fucked up on the inside. <laughs> uh, what, what do we think about the way that the Joker is introduced in this? I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, they do little nods, you know, when they're looking ahead to the future and they see the Joker gangs kind of like from uh, Batman Beyond or you, mm. like, like the, the Sons of Frank Batman. Miller stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Returns And stuff. that they are just the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> just a bunch of assholes running around in costumes. Yeah, and it's like, it, is, is this the fucking legacy, you know, you want to leave behind? And much like we talked about in the last episode with um, uh, Keaton's portrayal of Batman, I love that there's no dialogue when Joker grabs him and fucking mm -hmm. drags you know he's just like oh, I'm, no I'm just burying you alive like this is he's got his own yeah, thing yeah. nothing you might not get it but he's got a plan he's got something he's yeah. trying to accomplish and w why would they need to talk anyways I mean if these dudes know each other anyway what are they gonna say nice like, to see you yeah yeah Joker you're still doing bad stuff <laughs> like, I see you came to die with your city yeah <laughs> I came here to stop you yeah like, like, that was not necessary and then it's cool that he would um go back and forth between the Joker isn't talking because the ghost of Christmas future doesn't talk. Yeah. So he's just kind of flipping it a little more heavily in the Christmas Carol direction. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could have talked if he wanted to, but like, yeah, but he's the ghost of Christmas future and he doesn't talk. So he's not talking gotcha. at this part. I like this version of the Joker that he is minimal, yeah. but he's still physically threatening. Like mm. not all Jokers are physically threatening, but mm -hmm. this guy is both yeah. in terms of like his speed, how fast he moves, mm. just his mannerisms. He seems like a genuinely crazy person. Yeah. The shifty uh, dude you wouldn't yeah. want to run into. Yeah, Kill me, sure. I don't care, whatever. When he's in their their apartment, oh yeah. He's not all like long jaw, 
like Ichabod Craney, mm. like skinny Joker. Like he looks like a thug with a weird face and a gun. Yeah. He, like he just looks like a scary dude. Even his neck is thick. Mm. You're like, yeah, he just looks like a maniac. It's like the on the the Keaton interview that bootlegged for the the preview episode. He talked about Beetlejuice, and he's like, yeah, I thought you know, there's one thing about someone being like scary and menacing. He's like, but when they're also just a little bit goofy or weird, it's like it kind of makes it way more terrifying mm-hmm. because it's like unpredictable now too. Yeah, it it, it hints at instability. You know, the unpredictability is uh, like, at least if I had you pegged like as a good or a bad guy, I would know what to think about stuff. But if yeah. you could just kind of snap whenever you wanted to, that makes it way more sketchy. Yeah, being silly and goofy wasn't a sign of being harmless. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, silly and goofy, but I doesn't, I'll you. still stab you, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, because there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Joker in the doorway page. He makes a full page out of it. Is like favorite picture in the entire thing. Is it kind of from below a little bit? Yeah. Looking up at yeah. him? Yeah. It's like wide enough to show some of his face and some of his body and then kind of up at him. But comics is all about the impression of stuff. You yeah. know, it's an explosion. I'm picturing that it's loud. But I also like no different than in movies when you have this like contrast of elements. You know, it's, it's a World War II, but they cut the sound. There's an explosion and they cut mm, the sound. Yeah. So you're seeing all this really intense stuff and then nothing but that's also kind of how i picture a picture like that like there's this uber creepy crazy eyed looking dude standing in your doorway like not a breath not a nothing you know like the sideboard creaks maybe. yeah exactly like yeah. the silence is super powerful to me like it's just the image you know and just his eyes look crazy his teeth look crazy that's he looked like a mix of caesar romero mm-hmm. and jack nicholson a little bit I think that's funny because the Joker book that came out in 08 looked a lot like what they did that same year with Ledger. And uh, I've heard Lee do an interview where they asked, like, so these came out at, like, the same time. I mean, were they drawing influence off your book that you had already turned in or, you know, vice versa? Do they, you know, like in the animated series, they're like, Mm -hmm. make the fucking penguin look like this. And he's like, yeah, no, I mean, I I had no knowledge of that. So, you know, it's like I turned it in X amount of months ago. I don't know if they saw that or what. And so could have just been a weird coincidence. But, I mean, they both came out looking very fucking similar uh, at the same time. And so I was happy to get that look again, which, I mean, I don't know. To me, I just, I, I see Ledger in that. He looks more put together than Ledger. Ledger looked like a hobo. Yeah. It looks With like a- this where he's got his, you know, he's like hunched over. He looks kind of disheveled. Oh, I realized I did that thing where um, I point to a thing in the room that no one can see. <laughs> and the audience can't see it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me describe it to you. So that's that's my. Just say I'll put a picture up That's later. my 24 by 36 Joker uh, poster where he's walking out of the gates of Arkham from it's the a picture beginning. of Heath Ledger yeah, from Brokeback Mountain. Is that from a comic show? Yeah. No, it's from the beginning of the uh, Joker book. Yeah. My bad. So here's a fun thing. Uh, you, you know, Jumad of, you know, Battle Chaser is uh-huh. going to get that doorway picture of him his face looks like a joe mad joker to me mm-hmm. and then plus like watercolors maybe that's why i like it so much so here's a fun thought i had while i was reading this he's interrogating people from the very beginning batman is yelling in people's faces and you see the spit 
coming out of his mouth, right? Yeah. And then pretty quickly you start to establish that, like, he might be sick. <laughs> and then <laughs> after a while, uh, Superman tells him, like, you're really sick. So I was kind of getting a kick out of, even after they established that, he continues to spit in people's faces. He must have spread this so far this and wide. Terrible flu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole butterfly effect of every person that he affected and then all the people they came in contact with. I mean, he could have fucking got half that neighborhood sick. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, like, you can't be seeing everything in the comics. So, for all mm. I know, you know, because they, they don't have the time to show us. All of his swinging around town, yeah. so he's prop. He's got to be sneezing. He's just, <laughs> he, yeah, he's just, got, he's just like, oh, yeah, true. And he's just, just drizzling on people. And it's all just airborne too. So he's just flying past people's windows. Going, <laughs> yeah, he's like the Johnny Appleseed of the bubonic plague. Yeah, I kind of got a kick out of that. Uh, when he was shouting in people's faces, I couldn't help but hear the. Uh, Swear to me, like it. Swear to me. Yeah, it seemed like yeah. Yeah. an intentional. Like, do I look like a cop? <laughs> Isn't this ridiculous? Yeah, I don't think it is. I love it. That's some of my favorite Batman shit ever. Is the Batman begins screaming in people's faces? I like it, I and it, it. it doesn't bother me. But it is. That's a very specific kind of Batman. The Batman who yells in people's faces versus like quieter Batman. The one we just talked about. Yeah. who doesn't say anything. Yeah, menacing yeah. from their control, not their screaming in your face. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little more aggro. The punk rock Batman. I'm going to scream in your face and punch you. <laughs> Clearly has no bubble. He gets very close to people. Yeah, yeah. No personal space with this Batman. I think this is the first time I've ever seen a sick Batman. Not from like some weird toxin, but just like... Oh, yeah. I think he's sick as fuck, A dude. cold. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah... Like just like Batman being ill, like a human illness. Really, the only thing I can think of is like, you know, Nightfall or something where, you know, he's getting rehabilitated from his back injury with, you know, Chandra Kinsolving or something like that. Like I, yeah, he gets beat really, up plenty. Yeah. But. Yeah, I can't really think of a physical ailment that wasn't a, a beating. A, I mean, I guess, yeah, a, I was going to say a casualty of his work, but I guess this is a casualty of his work. But yes, a beating would sum it up quite well. <laughs> It's good to sniffles. <laughs> Not from the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's, I thought it was a nice touch. It worked well. I mean, in the same way that it works for Nightfall of, like, Bane gives him this endurance test of, like, having to catch all the villains first. So by the time you get him, he's fucking just physically exhausted mm. and not performing at the top of his game. And so, you know, I think when you have a person that, you know, you described on the last episode as, like, you know, Batman can be the best ninja, the best detective, yeah. the smartest person in the room. And so, like, when you emphasize his humanity and his vulnerability, that's when you get some of the most interesting mm -hmm. shit. So, like, oh, well, what's what's a great way to do that? What's the most human thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God damn it, I'm sick. Yeah. Uh, I still have to work though. I got the I got the toots today. Like, oh, can somebody cover my shift? I'm like, oh, Superman, you, oh, you're just gonna fly away. You fuck. Calls Alfred for Pepto or something. <laughs> I need Theraflu. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Do we go to pros and cons? Do we have anything else? No, uh, I have a couple random things. I, I just yeah, got give some, me your randoms. One, I just made a little note to myself that like. 
This guy's art looks like if Norman Rockwell drew comics. Mm. If you know Norman Rockwell. Wholesome Only in the name. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. He just did this old-timey, uh, you know, wartime picket fence family stuff. Everything Bright, was like... glowy. Yeah, just... It was all painted and stuff. In the very beginning, they showed the bat signal yeah. being projected on some clouds. And I thought that it was cool. It would make sense that if you were projecting it on any cloud and the cloud was like tall, like a cliff, and you were shooting it at the side of it, then you would see it like the way it's portrayed all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you just had like a low cloud cover and you just shot it up at it, you would only see... It'd be like on a ceiling. Yeah, like exactly, flat. like a yeah. ceiling. And But then from this guy's perspective, it's not underneath it looking up at it like an absolute circle it's close it's from like a building perspective looking out and so you see this like flat plane underside dimension of it it's like one of those little things but i don't think i've ever seen it illustrated like that before. and it's paired with that beautiful shot of gotham again with yeah gotham itself being an important part of batman yeah the way that city looks just like dense and huge and old and grungy and then super low cloud cover and the bat signal there, but like not the point of the image as it usually is used. Yeah. yeah. Just also part of the image. Yeah, I'm not seeing it at, you know, a vertical three-quarter angle or something like that. I'm seeing the underside of it. And then it also creates kind of a cool atmosphere. It's not it's not a cloudy night with big clouds. It's must be like low fog mm -hmm. in all of Gotham right mm -hmm. now. You know, it's just it creates and then additionally her like snowflakey atmosphere blobs yeah you know just really creates this whole sense of like quiet snow cold low sitting like density it was really cool i like uh, just anything that brings an extra realism to it because mm -hmm. again like it still does look like comics but um you know those little things i might not analyze it in the same way as a visual artist that you are um but it it all makes for the whole thing to be more grounded and, and get you more invested in the story you for know, sure i feel like because like that's some of something i struggle with sometimes with older books is the ones that have you know really great writing but are very much kind of stock mm -hmm. art you know and and uh you know, Lee's been one of my favorites just from a, like a d design detail perspective. But um, you know that that little shit that you're able to pick up on that for me is just part of the world. I mm -hmm. don't necessarily catch all those little things, but sure. it, it all it all adds up to uh, the reason he's one of my favorite artists. It's part of the intention to me. Again, it could illustrate it however you wanted to. Would somebody think about it? Probably not. You'd see the bat signal, and that's that. Yeah, it's going on to this mat set piece of the sky sure they're exactly. calling batman hey, yeah yeah you you know, batman. You know, yeah you're just gonna see it and and go past it it's not really gonna like trigger anything but to me it was different enough like holy crap i mean i've known about Batman for a long time and i don't think i've ever seen this done like this before and it's like a little dose of originality but it's really cool to me yeah, and it also catch. like you're talking about if work is good enough you don't notice anything and that's exactly. and that's the point so yeah, like and, and when i get really into a story like i can read through these 
things really fast so sometimes. Just kind of reading the words. Like, yeah, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm really into it, and it's not that I'm ignoring the artwork, it's that it's like it's so real to me now. Sure. I'm just so in it that I'm just like I'm. It's like you're watching fucking, a movie. You're just seeing the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just burning through it, and so as you might be deconstructing it a little bit more, I find that when the art is really good, I can just get lost in it and, yeah. and just fucking, oh shit, I'm done. <laughs> well, and the fact that you just breeze through it could either mean that a person isn't paying attention to these other elements or there weren't any bad speed bumps to slow a person up. Yeah. It's, oh, look at that arm. That arm is yeah, very Yeah, it's, it's the negative stuff that's going to yeah. slow you down. You're like, oh, that just looks wrong. And that's how it is a lot What you know, in construction or carpentry or something like that. It's the bad stuff yeah. that sticks out to your eyeballs unless you know what good is and you can just appreciate it for what it is or yeah. what something unique is yeah somebody else is going to glance over it because it's good yeah like and even I mean, a, in the beginning it's something that's like oh wow look at this it's crazy and then now I'm in the your more world. and more I get into it the more mm. I just get totally lost and, and, and speed through it and then sometimes when I'm done my book like this it's like wow I i read this in 45 minutes mm-hmm. i made my notes i wanted to talk about for the episode and i was like i want to look at it though <laughs> and so you <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah pop in and look at some of these great great panels well you you said you had more so i won't yeah I won't I, get to my favorite part okay yet. i just got a couple more examples of things i really like in his um future scenario the way he divides the panels up they look like torn pages yeah. or they're like flames the way that they're shaped that's just really creative to me especially when it's like riots and street fights and for sure chaos. i mean there's fires in those scenes exactly batman has a line where he says then we only decrease the surplus criminal population and that comes from dickens and oh. i just think that that's dope because scrooge in christmas carol is talking about poor people and he's like good like let them die, then we don't have to worry about feeding them. Yeah, and and I can't remember exactly what it is in the Christmas Carol. That's pretty perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's kind of you know how we talk about like writing a rap song and writing some stuff into it. I mean, he's straight up pulling material from the source. Yeah, and, and then it's the same character, Scrooge Batman. Yeah, saying the same stuff, and then instead he's talking about criminals. Yeah, they're burdens, even if they're not burdens yet. Yeah. So better to just totally be done with them. Let them die. Yeah. yeah. Perfect I, metaphor. For sure. I thought that was that was awesome. Can I talk about little things that I caught? No. Or do you want to? No, no, okay. you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, did, did you have anything else? I do, but no. I'm, okay. Uh, and also, you, you can you stop for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Continue. I caught the um, Kane's electronics sign. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Should when, be fingers electronics. Yeah. <laughs> in the page where Batman crawls out of the grave. I read the tombstones. One of them says Alice B. Fletcher. And so I took it to the internet and like nothing. And then I go back to the beginning of the book and Alice B. Fletcher is his grandma whom he dedicated the book to. So he put his grandma's name on one of the tombstones. Clever. Yep. Thought that was awesome. And then I think Joker has a little line about giving the little guy the lead pipe. Mm, and I was yeah. like, uh, you know, just yeah, because he's doing that whole clue thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Like lead pipe, clue, board game, and uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, Robin, cool, got it. Also, the, one of the things that made the the Joker in the doorway thing so cool to me, and, and part of me trying to like pin where I 
felt like it was coming from. And it's not entirely, but it's, it's a lot like Jack busting through the door in The Shining and, mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. like busting his head through there as far as like, you know, kind of iconic imagery goes to me. And I think that that's also was, I love The Shining and I think that that was like. In your head. Yeah, it also mm-hmm. kind of drove it home to me that it was also kind of like that, just busting in like that. Killing Joke too, being such a. Totally, the, in the, the door. door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. In a Hawaiian t-shirt. <laughs> I really liked just a, a visual touch of when Catwoman is trying to make him not be such a bastard. Yeah. And she's like rubbing up against him. And it looks like a cat. It's a very feline uh, uh, a- animation of her like arching her back kind of against him. I just like that touch. And then the only other thing I really had was when he's chasing her and he he fails to catch her and he's falling down. Ah, I knew someone was going to bring this up. Yeah, well, uh, just, but that his memory as he's failing in this moment, like that's his, his, other than being tossed in the grave, this is his biggest failure so far is just falling onto a bag of garbage. He's remembering his parents being murdered. And again, drawing it back to that, he is just like a little boy who failed Yeah, in his mind hmm. and never got over it. And every, every other failure is just that failure again. Yes. That's, that's always there waiting to come out and torture him. That was absolutely my favorite part of this whole book is, is that two-page spread of him falling. And, I mean, he's falling in an alleyway. And, like, the, the way that it cuts the page in half and the bottom being his parents' murder in a very similar alley. And all of it just being the embodiment of his, you know, like you were saying, like every failure is that failure. But this one had such a, because of where he was about to land and the, and the location of everything, it just had such a symmetry to it. It's like that scene in Batman Begins, you know, when he's little and he comes home from the funeral and he's like, I, I could have stopped them. I didn't, you know, or, or when Ra's al Ghul is training him and he's like, you know, your father failed to act. You know? mm. And there's just, there's just so much loaded in that. God, that, yeah, that spread is just fucking beautiful. It's one of the most just perfect Batman things yeah. that I could think of. This spread also does a good job at the, uh, like the torn up panels. And then I like the contrasting colors too down at the bottom how it looks like it's a sepia tone yeah exactly like it was left just as his wash and given like a little color tint but or the red figure in the middle um and the contrasting colors and then after that then superman shows up and he's all all warm he's all warm and glowy yeah looking at this again as we're talking about it this is just masterful you know in in the way that the centerpiece of it you know the joe chill figure whoever he is in this case God, that is just amazing. In looking at it the first time, I, I've kind of failed to like actively look for Christmas Carol comparisons. Mm-hmm. But the ghost of Christmas past leaves Scrooge in a sad spot. Yeah. He gone through school, been isolated. Um, his pursuit of business and stuff, it was his like sole drive. And then he found love. But then uh, his lady leaves him because he's so focused on his work stuff. And so that leaves him in a sad spot. So here's Batman in a sad spot before the, uh, and in the Christmas Carol, the second ghost is this like joyful, he's got really short memory. Um, He's like happy, hugs, good feel, colorful, like very warm. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that that's cool here. I didn't think about it. You know, I was just 
here's Batman, and he's having a, a sad time thinking about his parents, but I wasn't thinking about the Christmas Carol. Maybe a failed romantic relationship sure. leading into the next ghost. Yeah, and then here's your next ghost by comparison, and that's how it happens in the Christmas Carol. It's pretty like wham, bam, And the Christmas another. Carol, is it such a dramatic shot of crotch? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, Superman's yeah, 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 bold. Definitely. It's like the low angle, and so the, yeah, the up nards is... <laughs> that is, is this, this is foreshadowing the bat dick. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, this is a critical, <laughs> critical element. So... The trifecta of Batman. How much of a ninja is this Batman? He's. I mean, it's hard to say in this state. He, He's he pretty fucking ragged. Yeah. He doesn't seem very sneaky, but he does seem like a real fighter, though. He's a Seems real like yeah. a fighter, but He's I agree with Jinx. How much of a detective is this Batman? Is he uh, investigating anything? Is he nothing, solving anything? No, there's unique? nothing to investigate in this story. I think he's more just at the mercy of the other characters in the story in this. He yeah. may have investigated stuff in the past. Well, wait, actually, I mean, he does, in all fairness, oh. uh, he does track and yeah. use Bob as the bait in this case so he can yeah, he get to him. Joker. So, I mean, he he does apply some sort of critical of thinking. Tracking. He was in the toy store. Skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He uses yeah. a flashlight. So, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one. There you go. Classic Who detective uses move. A <laughs> Detective. Dick Tracy? <laughs> yeah. It's Batman. Okay. How much of a detective was he, Ben? <laughs> uh, if on a scale of 17, he's like a, a six, I'd say. Fair. <laughs> he used technology like a, a catch-all gimmick to do it, which is not the same as him like catching a fiber and then it yeah. was simple. Yeah. He didn't carve the bullet out of the wall and no. then go analyze it, recreate it. <laughs> smell a bad guy. <laughs> and know what that smell yeah. means right away. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker's been here. Uh, what was your uh, third one again? The trauma? Yeah. How much of a damaged person is this and how much of that drives him? I think that's more the focus of this. Yeah. I don't know how much it's driving him, but it's definitely taking him down a bad road. We didn't get to see a bunch of it, but we know based on what we're seeing currently. Actually, I think the flashbacks are like mostly sort of positive-ish, but... The way that it's yeah, narrated. Robin dying, that was a knee slapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that crazy Robin what always getting into <laughs> Good times. Yeah, but you can tell, though, that the way he's talking, the way it's narrated that, that he is pooped. Okay, so then the pros. <laughs> so then back to the shit I already talked about. My... Favorites panel we already talked about. What was your guys' favorite thing about the book? I liked it because it was like a different version of how you came across it. One, don't think I ever heard of this. Yeah. Two, I probably wouldn't have ever read it. And that's also one of one of the things that I like about the podcast is like I read a bunch of stuff, but it's a bunch of other stuff that you don't read. And so this has given me like a it's given me a reason to read all this stuff. Yeah, it's like and, oh shit, I like. But I haven't got around yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I'm just reading all these pirate comic books. <laughs> uh, so I really like that. And a lot of the stuff that I read, the artwork is a lot more dynamic. And there's a lot more speed and motion and stuff conveyed. Mm -hmm. And that's part of one of the reasons that I gravitated away from American comics in the first place is because everything seemed a lot more flat and like stoic to me. Pinup kind of looks. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just different and mm -hmm. i like the motion in a lot of stuff there's a lot of energy in japanese comics but reading this stuff one it's something i probably wouldn't have picked up anyways 
but there's a benefit to all this stuff. This guy's like Michelangelo, you know, compared to like <laughs> yeah. Gary Larson or something like that. I mean, this is legit art and that's pretty incredible to me. So the more that you can be exposed to other stuff, like here, Batman, here's the criteria, but this guy's got legit paintings and this stuff is freaking awesome. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I liked the, I love the Christmas Carol. I love Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, <laughs> I, I like anything that keep trying to work the Muppet Christmas Carol yeah. into Dude, everything. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, the only one I watch is the always sunny Christmas special. Cause <laughs> oh, they, they man. do that thing where they bring Frank to the cemetery and whatever. And he's like, what? I'm not going to end up here. When I'm dying, just throw me in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And thank you for introducing me to it. I like Aww. anything, especially around, I don't know what it is about Christmas time, but I like to do things that that make it feel more like Christmas to me intentionally. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense in the summer you go swimming or whatever, but you go swimming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Some of us go swimming. I stay in this room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe part of it was the fact that I did all the retail stuff in the past. And I was like, dear God, I have to, I got to force some like goodness some on positivity yeah, on myself and, um, reading this, it's not like there's sounds or there's not, bells or something but you can easily picture yeah like the feel it, it, with this the colorist snowflakes and stuff like that like man this freaking it feels like christmas yeah yeah and i i think that's cool you did a, a really good job tossing you into one batman world but also a human world where it's cold and snowy and silent and stuff like that and i think it's freaking awesome and i'm i'm like you so jaded from doing you know 15 years of retail christmases that like whenever it's it's fall. I'm like, yes. But then as it starts to creep closer, I'm like, fuck, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I've, I've also like kind of made an effort in the last few years of like, no, we're going to watch the movies. We're yeah. going to try to enjoy the other things outside of this because that is so miserable that it just overtook the whole thing for me for a long time. For sure. And, uh, you know, Christmas is big in my family. And so I, I, I like that this uh, book kind of brings another thing that I can do on a traditional basis and, and bring back as like, oh yeah, this is this is a fun one. Your favorite panel is him in the door, I gather, right? There's a lot, those two pages are, are awesome. I mean, in some of the stuff that I've read, you've got like some standout stuff. You've got a couple pages where like, yeah, coots. I mean, it's awesome, but it's lesser awesome. And then you've got some... The, this person must have devoted like some time to this two page spread or something yeah. like that, where it's like they stepped up their own game. Whereas with this dude's art, there it's it's all oh, it's a hundred <laughs> yeah it's a hundred percent the whole time. So there has to be something else that makes it. Uh, I think that page with Joker in the door stands out because of the silence to me and like the lack of lettering and stuff and just the way that it looks. I mean, every one of these pages is a approximately as awesome as all of the other pages yeah. you know mm. they just stand out for different reasons visually my favorite shot is batman uh against the void it's him in the coffin and he's just up against the black thinking oh, of uh, how terrible everything is going to be because of him yeah but just the way he looks the way he's drawn like he's a humongous man he's got the super gnarly bat suit on but he's just he just looks beat and broken like a lot different situation than the uma thurman kill bill version mm. of that yeah. scene yeah yeah <laughs> I noticed that uh, I think that the artist sort of skimped in this part, but I swear that 
where it shows I thought every scene was 100%. No, I know this is I, I take it back. This is one the, was this, 99. Yeah, this is the point this is the point oh, 0.01% of this that I swear that I have the same IKEA desk that Bruce, <laughs> that Bruce Wayne has in the Batcave. I'll uh, post a picture of it online later. So all of you can see cons everybody. I mean is there Well my biggest pro is just oh. I like the moral of the story, the basic I r- Genuinely enjoy modern Batman as like a super dark, very aggressive, violent, serious. But I like that this Batman, the takeaway of this story is that he can affect people and he can affect positive change, not just through fear of like brutal punishment. Yeah, because you get the feeling that his normal thing is like, well, if I take enough bad guys away, then it will be good left over. He's just going to beat the problem to death. It seems like is where this Batman starts this story. Yeah, this is almost like a, a Batman v Superman sort of mentality where he's just like, burn the fuck out, run him over. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so cons for me, if really the only thing that I could come to, and uh, you guys may or may not have r- read the other stories, but I feel like the only thing that I'm not super connected to is sort of the way it's told via narration from like another character. Mm-hmm. That part doesn't seem super necessary. That's that's really my my only gripe because all three of the Libermejo stories, starting with Joker with Azarello and falling with Damned, they all have that quality, if I'm remembering right, that they're kind of told from a minor character who's like oh i saw some shit let me tell you <laughs> you know and then uh, you know in the end i like how it wraps up and it's like oh he's telling the story to his son you know i think that that's a nice a nice way to to justify it but it wouldn't necessarily be my first choice i think that's more of a christmas carol connection anyways though because i wondered that yeah because I, I didn't remember christmas carol is narrated to you from it's another character telling you the story. Okay. So the fact that he made it him and his story kind of, and to his kid was just part, probably part of a way to like make it make any kind of sense. Yeah. I mean, I I realized that with this one and and I'm really not judging it for that because you're, you're obviously working within a box. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a very well established story that you're having to, you're basically doing a cover song, mm-hmm. you know, so you still have to work within the parameters of, of that and me not really having much memory of that original story other than the most vague basic tenets. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, this wasn't my favorite, but I still fucking really like yeah, it. Yeah, Gonzo narrates the story. <laughs> Rizzo the Rat is his sidekick. See, I had the Mickey Mouse book when I was little. I had the Mickey Mouse Christmas story. There's many musical numbers. Cons, Ben, shut up, Evan. <laughs> Batman being so angry and bitter, which is the point of the story, but him just being so angry. Again, going back to the Catwoman thing, I like their relationship because it makes no sense. He's like a brutal authoritarian, and he his like his biggest love interest is a criminal. Well, you know, when the blood starts flowing down there, <laughs> you lose a little bit of logic, you know? So I like that. And he was such a dick in this that he wasn't even feeling any of that. Yeah. And again, it's the point of the story, but he was just so angry that it didn't make me 
I didn't want to be him in this story. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> we, we look for different things yeah. in Batman because <laughs> the more angry he is, the more I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Spit in my face. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I spit in your face. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> my take's only like a couple style things that I that I didn't super love while acknowledging the reason for doing it, the same reason we're talking about not putting letters over uh, the artwork is because it eliminates some of the artwork. Yeah. The way that a lot of the text in the narration isn't in, not a bubble, but like a box. True. It is kind of loose. Yeah. I get why they didn't do it, but because the dude's artwork is so loosely detailed, the letters get like a little lost to me mm. sometimes. I, I kind of needed them to stand out a little bit with my old eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> that it it blended in a way, little way that I I didn't really like, uh, just because I wish it stood out a little. Well, bit and more. I guess that's true because in the way that it's written, you kind of chase it around the page. For sure, you know, it's not necessarily as clearly defined as most books would have it. Yeah, it's you know? n- it's not super obvious. Sometimes I didn't know exactly. You'd be like Where a little, a little extra part in the corner. Yeah. You know, and Whoops. Like, oh, I'll just I, mentally interject that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm still just thinking about your comment about Sam wanting to be have spit, someone spit in his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. No, no he wants to spit in their yeah. face. <laughs> I do the screaming. <laughs> that's my thing. Yep. That's it. That's not much of a a con. Uh, the, yeah. I mean, I fuck. Yeah. It's, the, it's great. <laughs> for, yeah. For sure. It's awesome. The the guys. And this isn't like knocking at all. This style of artwork isn't my super favorite, but I can't help but respect it, obviously, because dude has just flawless. incredible <laughs> skill. Yeah, for sure. Final rating. I personally, I went kind of between a, a four and a four and a half. I, I think four and a half is where I sit. Really, the only knock is that it's kind of confined in this Christmas Carol world but i think it's it's so beautifully drawn and all the characters are very well used and uh i yeah i really like it i give it four and a half i'll go uh four again because uh, i don't know what the perfect thing would be yeah um so your scale stops at four is what you're saying (laughs) yeah that's the top uh and again while the artwork isn't my favorite this guy's got like incredible skill and yeah, it's it's great. I like the little, I like the standalone story. It doesn't atta- take away from anything. It doesn't really add to anything. I just like these standalone glimpses of stuff. And yeah, I, and I, uh, yeah, I give it a three. Mass, and which it's is not where bad you again. live. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything's mediocre. No, we we've done two things so far. Yeah. And three is not mediocre to me. It's masterful artwork. What do you mean it's not mediocre? It's the medium. It's the middle. It's two and a half the, me- the medium. Three is like, I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. Didn't change my life. Didn't change the way I looked at the character. Yeah. But again, the artwork is masterful. Yeah. It looks amazing. Uh, the overall story, I liked it, but I didn't like, I never really worried about where it was going or cared about where it was going. Yeah. I didn't completely not care about it, but I didn't have any like, what's going to happen? I, it didn't. I never had sure, any of those kind of moments. you know where it's headed, yeah. sort of. Okay. Fair enough. I know this is like, judging something like this on a five-point scale is... A weird thing anyway. So if I'm yeah. going to do it, I'm going to pick three every time. Oh, every <laughs> time. No, no, I have a couple fours and fives, and I have a couple ones and twos also. Jesus, how far ahead have you gotten? <laughs> Just in life, I mean, in general. Like, oh, okay. 
every interaction I have with another person, I give it uh, out of a five star rating. I mean, every meal, <laughs> I give it out of I, a five star rating. Yeah, I think it's important to uh, you know just quantify everything in life and you know like if i were to give my co-hosts you know i'd give evan a five i'd give you a three um that's fair that's completely fair that's and right I, in the middle. I agree with your rating it's yeah. positive still <laughs> the great thing about having three people on is that we're all picking up different things you know we're all looking for different things mm-hmm. right and the same thing that i hadn't really considered is that that those numbers mean different things to each of us you for know sure. <laughs> it's like i would have to mostly not like something to give it a three <laughs> i think that's pretty cool though so it's like your scale the highest number is four and your scale the lowest number is a three i mean we're reviewing all things that i like so i mean if we like if we if we <laughs> want to review fixed the game's rigged <laughs> if we want to heard him review batman and robin the movie then you 10 know, stars i would like i, I will I, give yeah, you a one i did we? this under the firm impression that we will we will hit that movie yeah if okay. we if we never get to those ones then i'm done right now there's listed, not that many batman movies i listed 50 potential episodes that we could do and that was not on my list, but I could add it. If we make it far, it could be a deep cut. Can you edit in a Evan stomping and walking out the door? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just look at the good stuff. A bad thing of the thing we love is fun to talk about. Also, I like that stuff. <laughs> Nipples. This is my fucking show! <laughs> uh, I have another thing, too. Um, the hardcover has, I don't know what's, what it's called, like embossed or something, but pressed into the hardcover is the silhouette of Tiny Tim's Christmas tree. Oh, I never took off the cover. Oh my God, bro. You got to get in there. <laughs> uh, I just How like does it that. Feel? Does it feel good on your fingertips? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's cool. It's got the fucking G.I. Joe on there and everything. Yeah. Nice. I just think that stuff's cool. That's one thing I like about print and tangible. Yeah, feel oh, it, got man. a hardcover book. <laughs> oh, that. it yeah. feels like a tree. I mean, the cover artwork is great, but that looks really nice as just a green book. I like that little uh, kind of hidden stuff that you'll find in print or hardcover stuff specifically. Yeah, if you the take off the jacket, you could put it in the Wayne library. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> All right, that's it. Fuck you. Uh, Bye. Thank you guys for listening. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys for listening. But again, remember, we're a brand new show. So we need your help spreading the word. I started a Facebook page for us. We got 300 some followers in the first few days. And then somehow 60% of them just disappeared. So weird shit's going on. We need you guys to subscribe, make a five-star iTunes rating and review. Share this on social media. If you're listening, just take a screenshot. Put it in your stories and tag us at BatFanAddict. That's A-D-D-I-C-T, because I am addicted to Batman. Next episode, we're coming back with more Christmas. It's going to be Tim Burton's Batman Returns. <laughs>